and I was so excited. I went to my grandmother and I said, look, I need you to co-sign. It's $40,000. I need you to co-sign. This is what I'm going to do with it. And I put a whole business plan together and she said, nope. She goes, she goes, she goes, you're going to come back to me in 90 days. I said, 90 days. She goes, yeah. She goes, I want to make sure that you're still passionate about this 90 days from now. And if you are, then, then I'm going to do it. Well, let me tell you something. I use that trick all the time with people who come to me because it is a way to tell whether are they trying to get rich quick or are they doing it because they're really passionate about it and they want to be in this business. You're at home with the cousins. Welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We are talking to Sidney Torres today. Sidney is an incredibly successful real estate developer. He's been in the game for a long time now. And if you're not familiar, he's got a show on CNBC called The Deed. Show dates and airtimes will be listed in the show notes. So at the end of the episode, make sure you check that out. It is definitely a show worth catching. A lot of great, valuable knowledge to be imparted. Sydney is, is a guy who's got a big heart and a lot of knowledge, and he's willing to share it. We've gotten to know him over the past year and had a real pleasure doing so. Um, you know, Sydney's one of those guys that bears it all, so we dive into some of the darker sides of television. Uh, he gives you a lot of strategic tips for investing and the level of passion and desire and commitment that's really involved in taking on a house flip or, or getting into the real estate development game. Um, and we also touch on some of the, uh, the ways that Sydney gives back. So a really cool, well-rounded episode. And it's always a pleasure to talk to a guy who's so willing to share with so many others. So without further ado, uh, here's our episode with Sydney. Hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Hello. Sydney. Yo, yo. Hey. Yo, yo. What's going on, guys? <laughs> How you doing, man? You know, just, you know, trying to deal with all this stuff that's going on. And you, you guys are in it. You know how it is. <laughs> Every week, you're waiting for the, you're waiting for the next day at uh, 401, 402. Right. I, love, I love how you say stuff. <laughs> all the well, stuff. To me, it's shit. stuff. All the shit yeah. that's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to say. I didn't know if you, 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 if you would have me on tape saying Sydney, that. Sydney, we, <laughs> we get loose over here, man. <laughs> Good, good. Because I got to tell you something. I just had, I was on the phone with the guys from CNBC and I was talking to him and, you know, we were looking at, you know, again, like here's the last one and you're looking at the numbers and are they going to green light the next season? And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, is it, is, you know what? I've got my health. I've got all this great stuff. And I'm worried about like the stupidest shit, yep. you know? And it's like, and it's so easy to talk about, but it's like, you know what I'm – it's like yep. it, it, you get caught up in – and it's and not like caught up, but caught up in the success right, of it, yes. you know? Yep. How did y'all – how did you guys – because you guys had a good – you guys had a good run on HGTV, huh? I think when when they didn't – when HGTV didn't renew, you definitely have this like – because the thing I think that nobody outside of the TV world realizes is – Nobody tells you shit when you don't have another show. It's just like you're not getting greenlit. No why, no you did a great job, no we'll let you know in a year, no you basically are just like you're you're the you're the favorite child one day and you're the redheaded stepchild the next day. So um you know, it's an adjustment period. I think 
you know, we move a hell of a lot faster without TV cameras around. <laughs> That's very true. Um, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It's, I think it's kind of like what you were saying. There's there's pluses and minuses to both, but we certainly don't measure our success by being on television. I think it's a great part of our career. We're proud of it. Uh, we're in talks for other things. But it's not the end-all, be-all, and time certainly does not stop because yeah. you're not on that little magic box in somebody's living room. We're, you know, we got the restaurant cranking in Jersey City. We're doing uh, different design projects for private clients. Uh, you know, we still work with our buddy Rachel Ray. We still work with our friend Ellen. So, like, you know, there's just a ton of shit going on, and we're not going to be defined by any one thing or by any one person. I think. Is I, I mean, I love everything you just said, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like when you're. You know, when you're when you're when you're in it and then obviously you, you take yourself back to that place where the days after and you're coming on your final second season or you guys were I think you guys had multiple seasons. Yeah. Um, didn't you didn't you have multiple seasons? Yeah, I think it was six. By the seven. End of it? seven, 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 seven seasons. <laughs> Seven seasons. And I mean, that's a huge, that's a, that's a very successful run. I mean, you know, we're on second season here and there's talks about a third, but for you, man. A, a, again, you know, like you said, it doesn't define you. And, and when I look at like the things that I've done, not from business, but really like giving back and being part of charities and different things that I'm passionate about, like financial literacy and teaching, you know, really pushing the politicians to get, you know, just like you have English, you have math to really have classes where they they really make where it's it's part of the school financial you teaching financial literacy like the <laughs> basics of <laughs> that's amazing when you first <laughs> when you first get a job yeah you know sir. where do you what do you you don't go out and buy a car right and, and and have a lease on a car you you get yourself a an apartment until you can get a condo and then once you're able to buy something then you can look at maybe getting some kind of car that's affordable to get back and forth to work but those are the things that I'm really passionate about. And I find when I get into that and get outside of myself is when I'm the most happiest. So, you know, it's, you know, those are the things that I think like it's, 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 it's hard to go back there when you've been doing this for seven months, but it's definitely a better place than when you're in the mix of, you know, the, the ending of these shows. Yeah, of course. It's all, there's all, it's always so much confusion and it, it always feels like, it's quote unquote everything because it's all you've been living well because it's such an insane excuse me it's such an insane schedule you're on a year yeah i mean and and, and, but if you and then if you look at it from the beginning i mean i saw you guys in new york and we were at the uh radio station you haven't stopped since we saw you exactly that's what i'm saying i mean it's been since then i mean that was two years ago and you know you you constantly go 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 Yeah, go, go, go. But I mean, you know, like I love hearing your story, you know, about the fact of like opening your restaurant and you've got all these other design projects and things because, you know, I can tell you when I started in the real estate business, I remember just being happy to get my first flip. And then I remember like, okay, once I got that going and I was getting ready to put it on the market and flip it and move on to the next one, I was like, like so excited about that. And I remember, you know, through that process and I always try to go back and, 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 and be grateful for the things that I've achieved because when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, it really puts things in perspective to like say, Hey, look where I started. Look where I am today. And, and God, you know, whether you believe or what your belief is or your religion, you know, for me, it's God. I, I think things happen 
and and what's meant to be is what's meant to be. I know that's so simple to say, but it's like what's meant to be is meant to be. Sure, but those you positive know? reminders are important things. And I'll tell you this, Sydney. <laughs> After doing television, the projects that John and I are doing now, we feel like we're half the time we're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's a good <laughs> I love it. Because the speed yeah. and the intensity is not so... I'm doing just as much work as we've ever done when we started our company, all that stuff, but it feels like you're in third gear instead of sixth. It's unbelievable. 100%. And, 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 and I think a lot of that you have to give credit, though, for obviously you guys were born with a gift and being able to do what you do, but the show has helped you to open doors and to get certain things with branding and other things that you, you've got to give some credit to that. Do oh, you guys? of course. Oh, I mean, oh. we take nothing away. The only, I take nothing away from that experience in a negative light other than the communication of the people at the top. I, every producer, every, uh, almost every executive we've yeah. worked with on set, um, you know, it's just the the top of the top where the decisions come from. They don't like to, they don't like to communicate uh, on a human level, and that's you know that's disappointing. But aside from that, ev- every other part of, of television is it w- has been and continues to be an awesome experience. And and you know what, in Sydney, like you're talking about TV and you're painting this picture, and and so many people ask us the same thing: Oh, how is it being on TV, and what is it like? It's hard to describe because it is, it's so different. It's so new. But what what I love watching your show and, and watching the deed is you are taking these people that want to be entrepreneurs and you are showing them and introducing them to something totally different. Just like TV was totally new to you, totally new to us. We didn't know anything about it. You have to learn this whole industry. But Everything always comes to an end, right? That's just the way life is. You can never say this is, it's always going to be like this. You know, it was funny. I was just talking to my, my buddy at the gym today. We're talking about like Tom Brady. You know, everyone's like, when's Tom Brady going to retire? <laughs> right? You know, the guys, you know, had so much success. But again, th- think of, about a guy like him who has had the pinnacle of all this success. Everything comes to an end. That is life. You move on to the next stage, new doors open. You take all these people that were doing whatever job they used to do. Now they want to do an investment. You're opening up all these new doors. How do you know where that, that flip is going to land them? What is that new wealth going to bring to their home, to their family? That's what happens. TV, what did it, what did it do to us? What doors did it open? Yeah, and it allows you to and it allows you to put it out there to to let other people see it, and hopefully they maybe it'll help them and and what they want to do, or or maybe get them you know to make a decision on what career path they want to take, and and that's kind of like for me, it's like that's been the beautiful thing, right? Right after we finished season one, it took like sixty days, you know, two two and a half months before they greenlit season two. And, um, you know, it was like in that process of that waiting period, it was kind of like, you know what? It was so funny how things work out because when I think it was like month two, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start focusing on this new project that I'm working on. And I started doing that. And right when I get into the mix of that, of course, here, they want to do season two. And <laughs> Murphy's you know, but, Law. But, it's the way, it's yeah, the exactly. way it Mur- happens. Yeah. Mur- Murphy's Law. Yeah. And I think, but I think that one of the things I really enjoy is helping and and teaching these individuals because the deals that I normally do are a lot larger. And when I got into doing the deals for the deed, these are deals that I used to do when I was coming up. And I really enjoy 
working with these individuals who have never seen, you know, $150,000, $200,000 in free cash in their bank account after they flipped the deal. Yep. Right. And yeah. it's a lot of money, and it, but it's a beautiful thing to change somebody's life financially by teaching them what we've been given as a gift. So it's, it's a really, that's reward. That, that, that's what, that's the rewarding part of the show, which is really great. That's really, really it's cool. Crazy. So, well, kind of while we're on the subject, how did you get your, forget about, let's forget about TV for a little while. How did you get your start in the real estate game? What was that first project or that first mentor or, you know, however it happened, I'd love to hear uh, the story of how you got started. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, thanks for being interested in it. And, and so basically what happened was, is that I thought I wanted to be in the radio business and the music business. And when I, and, and that started right when I was getting ready to come out of high school because I was dyslexic and I had troubles in school and my parents got divorced when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. And, and I was just kind of lost in what I wanted to do. And, and when I was graduating out of high school, I I said to myself, I know I'm not going to be a lawyer. I know I'm not going to be a doctor. I need to do something with, you know, physical that I can get in there and, and do physical labor. And, and But I didn't really want to take that step. So I was like, you know what? I also, I love music. And, and, I, and I, maybe I should try working at a radio station. So I got a, a job working at the radio station. And then I worked my way to get in doing the graveyard shift and working on the graveyard radio. And along the way, I met Lenny Kravitz and, and I got a, I ended up getting a job with him by accident because one, um, New Year's Eve, I, I flew to LA. It was a group of friends and he ended up firing his assistant. And because I was there, he's like, well, why don't, why don't you hang out for a few more days? And so here, cool. you know, here so I am cool. a guy from the South, from New Orleans, like, I'm, you know, Daryl Hannah, all these like celebrities coming in and out. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is like really cool. And so I took I took the job probably for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, I didn't (laughs) (laughs) I went down the wrong path. But I got to tell you a funny story. The night New Year's Eve, this was in 1996 or 95, 96, 90, 90. I think it was 96, 95. I'm allergic to peanuts. And and Daryl Hannah made some cookies with peanuts in them and and so i ate them and i didn't realize they had nuts in them until after and she she felt so guilty oh, that i ate the the cookies with peanuts in them that she's like oh so she wanted to take care of it she said, lay right here i'm gonna lay with you and boy did i milk that <laughs> <laughs> because because sydney like, and daryl hannah just right. spooning together relaxing right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the coolest thing ever. And so, so I, I had a lot of great memories working with Lenny and being around cool people. And, you know, I ended up going down the wrong path. I started doing drugs. I got, well, it's tough. Heroin. I mean, yeah, there's, there, there's a lot that that goes on in, in that lifestyle. Totally. It's yeah. fast lifestyle. Everybody wants. And I started, my ego took over and I started thinking I was cooler than, you know, who I was. And then I thought it, started thinking I was on the same level as Lenny and 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 Lenny ended up firing me and and I came back home I cleaned up my my lifestyle and I was like you know I always said I love like architecture I love history um and in New Orleans we have so many beautiful homes 200 years old I mean the city's 300 years old and we've got so many great properties here in the architecture but I I was like there's no way I can get money to get into this business I'm I, I need to start off from the ground floor and I got a job working for a contractor. She was one of the few female contractors in the city of New Orleans 
And she took me on as the guy who was like, after the job was finished, to go in and like clean the windows, wipe all the doorknobs, clean, you know, do the detail cleaning to get the get the place ready to turn over to either the person renting it or, or, or purchasing it. And um, and so I would do that and I worked there and I worked my way up to a foreman. And then I said, you know what, I want to get my general contractor's license. And so I started really studying for that and working hard to do that. And uh, and then about a year later, I bought my first fixer-upper, and my grandmother co-signed. It was a $40,000 purchase, and it wow. was right around Tulane two, two and Loyola. Wow. But I had help. I had a mentor. It was a guy who was a real estate agent. He was an older guy, and uh, I had known him since I was a kid. But he was not like a big real estate agent. He was like this little, I mean, every real estate company has these individuals who kind of hang out around the office. And, you know, now that everybody's on computers, Internet and all that stuff, it's, it's probably not as much so. But um, I used to take him and go have a cup of coffee with him. And he would teach me what areas to invest in. You know, like he would say, if, if you're in like New York, you want to be around NYC. If you're around, you know, you're in New Jersey, you want to pick the big colleges and you know you want to work around those areas to try to find the between the hot spot and the fringe and you can yeah. get really good deals and so he would I would spend so much time with him just listening to him and you know I would look at so many different deals until finally we found one and I was so excited I went to my grandmother and I said look I need you to co-sign it's forty thousand dollars I need you to co-sign this is what I'm going to do with it and I put a whole business plan together and she said nope she goes, wow. she goes, she goes, you're going to come back to me in 90 days. I said, 90 days. She goes, yeah. She goes, I want to make sure that you're still passionate about this wow. 90 days from now. Like and that. if you are, like then, then I'm going to do it. Well, let me tell you something. I use that trick all the time with people who come to me because it is a way to tell whether hmm. are they trying to get rich quick or hmm. are they doing it because they're really passionate about it and they want to be in this business. And, um, and so sometimes I'll push people, I talk to them, I respect them, but I'll push them away a little bit until they keep coming back. Like last week's episode, Preston, I mean, Preston was trying to get in touch with me for a year and I kept, you know, pushing him off, pushing him. He kept trying and trying and eventually we did a deal. But my grandmother taught me a great lesson with that is that, you know, and even with my own kids is that you don't get it right here, right now. You yes. need to show me that you earn it. You, you how really hungry, want it. How hungry are you? That's that awesome. You're going to do whatever you want. You said, how hungry, you, how hungry are you? Because yeah. in life, you know this. It's not easy to op open up a restaurant. It's not easy to renovate a house. It's not easy to start a company and right. run it every day and take care of payroll and deal with your kids and your family and everything else. And so it was a good test for me. And from there – Got my first place, started renovating, and from that 1997 into 2005, I did about $100 million in real estate development and wow. hotels. Wow. And, and I think the key to my success is, was surrounding myself with great, good, you know, great mentors who, would, who, who became very close to me. I became very close to them, and I focused on a certain area. They, one of the things my mentor used to always tell me is find your area and work that area. Don't try to jump all over the place when you're first starting out. You want to know your market because if you, if you use Carrera Tile here and you use Delta products over there and that's what works in this market, then you know, what you can, you know how to you know, um, value engineer your projects to make right. them work. And you don't have to relearn the market every time you're jumping around. And that was a good lesson for me, and I, and I focused on that, and I 
just continued to do that, and, and my career took off, and I was very blessed. But look, I went through some hard times. With We, we had 9-11 right after I'd opened up my first little bed and breakfast, and then, you know, nobody was flying, sure, and then yeah. we went through 2000, and we went through Hurricane Katrina, and oh, then we went through 2007 and eight. So, yep. you know, there were difficult times there. There's there, there's no way you're in the real estate business without the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. There's a lot there's a lot of lumps that comes along with that come along with what we do. I mean, speaking of that, do you guys feel that there's a correction coming soon? I mean, how do y'all uh, feel about Sydney, the market? Thank you so much. <laughs> Anthony's I mean, been I, talking about this for a while. Now. I assume <laughs> that means you think there's a correction coming. I could be wrong. Myself, I am convinced there is a correction coming. I cannot obviously pinpoint the time frame. Otherwise, I would. Uh, make a lot more money than I already do. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I have money on the sidelines because I'm expecting something in the next 18 months. Um, and I want to be able to buy some properties. I love it. I love it. I mean, I don't love the fact that there's going to be a correction, no, but I love correct. the fact, I love the fact that you're, you're saving up some funds to, uh, to, to, to have the cash when there is opportunity to go out and buy. And, and I'm in the same position right now. You know, I started this company where I lend money out to individuals and <clears throat> obviously it's about the show, but I do do that in real life. I have about a hundred million in the market that I lend out to, uh, young entrepreneurs who are starting out and even wow. seasoned developers. You know, I do like three month bridge loans, sure. um, nothing longer than 12 months. But I, I tell you right now, I've been very, uh, hesitant, um, to, to pull the trigger on a couple of deals that I'm working on because I'm just concerned, like with all these apartments going up, all these yeah, hotels going up. Yes. And, and I think, and Sydney, I think it's worth mentioning and, 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 and either add on to this or correct me wherever you, you think it needs it. But, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of people who they, they fear missing out on all these, they see, they see their friends, they see other people making money in the real estate market and they got to get in, got to get in, got to get in. But I would rather miss out on 12 months just to make sure that I'm that I don't own something in a real shitty position when that bubble pops. Because if it if you do, you lose money way, way, way faster and way easier than you make it in this game. If you get your timing right, I think you you can you can crush. But if you get your timing wrong on the first one, man, you're you're in trouble. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, when you when you look at, you know, leverage, you know, that's one of the things I always look at. You know, when you're when you're coming up, you're not really thinking. I mean, you don't have fear. It's like, you know, yeah. you you think that, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to be able to get through anything. And then when you go through something and it doesn't have to be real estate or business, anything in life, you know, you go through certain things. You, you start to say, well, I remember going down that road. I remember We've all, we, I think Anthony <laughs> and I have that conversation quite a few times. I, I think John and I had that conversation again just before just we got on the phone with you. It's like, and, remember and, and when this happened? It, it, it really helps when you talk about it and you put it out there because people come to me and say, they think like I what they see or what on whatever on TV or, or social media. It's like, you know, one of the things that I can tell you is that like, I go through the same things you go through, and and I'm constantly trying to figure ways to cope with it, deal with it, and and spread the word so other people can get relief from it. But you know, the more that you get into doing things, and the more that you've gone through things, you you really you know you take your time with it. Like, but you know, and I'm sure you guys went through this when you're younger. You take on anything, anything. you know. Oh, we can do yes. it all. Yep. And 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 in the show, you see that with these flippers, they 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 don't. 
they don't think about it because it's not their money that they're borrowing. They're borrowing my money. Of course. You know? so, of course. You know, it's, it, it, becomes, it becomes a little bit where so, – but I can relate to that, and I have compassion for that as well. You well, know? It, and it's, it's, it's just one of those things when, you know, when, when things are going great, you know, you're on top of the world, right? You're like, ah, oh, this is the best. And then, you know, once you hit that one just hiccup, you know, things aren't that easy. It gets difficult. But in the end, and this conversation—it's so funny you're talking about because Anthony and I were literally just talking about this. It's made us stronger. We realize, and that's I think having the experience in real estate, or again, like you said, any part of whatever business that you do, it gives you the, the foresight, and you say, "Wait a second, I already did this. I went down this path. I can learn from my my prior mistakes. I'm not gonna make this happen again. Whether it's working for a client or buying a, a property or doing something where well, you're like, wait a second, this this went wrong before. Well, John, I mean, I think the perfect example is you know in 2008 when the bubble burst, we were holding a property that uh, was 22 condominium units and we had a $7 million loan out. I mean, we've told this story yep. time and time and time again, home shows on this podcast. <laughs> My puppy. Okay. I, got th- I got three dogs. <laughs> I know problem. you do. <laughs> he wants more <laughs> treats. He's um, trying to find something. But, you know, when you have $7 million uh, in loans out from a construction, uh, from a construction project and nobody's Scary. buying condos, Scary. I mean, I at at uh, how old was I? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. At twenty nine, I truly learned what sleepless nights were. I mean, you hear people say it, and you hear your parents talk about it, and and being, you know, oh, I didn't sleep. Well, I learned what sleepless nights were, and you have to figure out how to solve that problem. That being said, sitting here now, I'm seeing certain. <laughs> I love it. Stop it. You want to come on the podcast? He does. He wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to plug man. a microphone in for him. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, seeing certain signs that are indicators as to, you know, what happened back then um, is, is got me a little bit fearful. And I think fearful is the right word because uh, there's a, there are healthy doses of fear and having that, you know, I would rather miss out on eight or ten months rather than reset my financial stock again because I was foolish or, f- or rushed into another purchase. And what that sounds like to me is basically, you know, you're calculating your risk more now than you ever did before. Amen, and, brother. You know, and that is something that I think is healthy. I think it's great. It's hard to I teach, think, though. Look, I'll tell you right it's now, very, it's a hard listen, thing to teach to people. People don't want to hear it when nope. you're dealing with certain things. I mean, like, you know... You go back to I, when we talk about like people who have had amazing success, like Brady. You know, even in the rapping, when you think about like hip hop world, like guys like Master P, who's from New Orleans. You know, Snoop Dogg used to work on it. He had all these like big hits, and you know, he out of the blue because he's from New Orleans. He called me the other day, and we, you know, we've known each other over the years and stuff. And but you know, he was at one time selling millions of records, and and you know, you look at where he was now and the risk he's willing to take compared to where he was before and having to deal with the fame that he had. And, and now he doesn't have that same fame because he's obviously where he is, but he's you know, cooking it, with Martha Stewart. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, that's great, right? <laughs> yeah. But you guys are with Rachel Ray. Come on. Yeah, that that right. is true. That's true. Look, Hey, but again, even someone like, like, Snoop Dogg, he's reinvented himself, right? I mean, reinvented himself. He's totally right. reinvented himself. 
he's totally different. I mean, you see him, he's got the Netflix shows, and he, yeah, maybe he's not rapping and doing all, he does his concerts every now and then, but he yeah. He was just here in Jersey City. Yeah, actually, he was in but, Jersey City. Yeah, he was. But, yeah. but, but the comparison I'm trying to make, and I know I kind of segue into, from talking about, you know, calculated risk and looking at that, but in a lot of ways, like people who are listening to this podcast, in a lot of ways, even life, you have to take calculated risk, and I think what, I, the point I was trying to make about Master P was is that he told me now he's not going to try to go put out an album to think he's going to do millions of record sales because it's just number one records don't sell anymore but number two like he calculates what he takes on how he's going to do it and his expectations have changed compared to what they were before and I think that is where just like you've gotten to a place now where you're calculating your risk with fear and what you're going to invest in what you're not going to invest in I think we have to do that Every so often, every so many years, every year to kind of, you know, obviously daily when opportunity arises. But I think we constantly have to evaluate, like, what makes sense and how do we deal with that? And I guess the most important thing to me and what I always say all the time, what makes you happy? You know, what makes you happy? So, so true. Hey, Sidney, let me ask you this. I I watched the, it was an episode that it was, it was your, it was your buddy, that had a house that he held for, I forget his name, that he held for a long time. James. 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 Yes. yes. Now, now he was he was good friends of yours, or you knew him for a while? No, so what happened was, is so I knew of him, but his brother and I, his twin brother and I, were really good friends. Okay. And, you know, what happened was, is that he, he and his brother, his brother, they were at an auction a few years ago, and his brother was looking at, you know, he always goes to the auction, and he, he was watching and bidding this property. He ended up getting the property for like 150000 from the auction, and when he got there, he realized like all the structural, you know, floor joists, everything was completely rotted out, full of termites, and he, did, he, he started digging in it and realizing like, oh, this is going to take more than what, you know, what I thought, and I, I'm just not willing to take I don't want to live in a house, a, a million dollar house when I can't afford it. My, 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 my income doesn't support it. And I, I just don't want it. So his brother was the one that was like, I, I really want it. I want to live there. And, and, you know, his brother's financial situation was the same as his, but his brother wasn't willing to look at the truth behind, you know, what he could afford and what he couldn't afford. And he ended up taking this house. Well, Every year, the brother would call me and say, I need you to help me with it. I said, listen, I'm not doing a thing unless you're willing to sell it. If you're not willing to sell it, I'm not financing a luxury home that you can't afford to live in. And, um, and that's how he ended up on the show because he, got, he, he, he really didn't have any other choice or he was going to lose it. Yeah. And that's how he got on the show to, to, to help to get in there and, and get him to, to, to renovate it to sell it. So let me ask you this because I think – because when I watch the show – you know, it, it's it's one of those things. People and just how you were talking about even going to your your grandmother to get investment money and do certain things. I think so many people rely on friends, family, right? We're, we're right. kind of all there. A hundred percent. And I loved how you dealt with him in general. And I and I think people listening and they always wonder, saying, "Well, you know, if I reach out to uh, a parent, uh, a uh, a grandparent, or I'm looking for money." what is your best advice? Like, really, what do you want people to know? Look, if you're going to, to bring friends into a, into a real estate deal or family members, you have to be willing to expect this because it's very, okay. di- it's very different when it's just someone off the street that you don't have that close relationship with. Well, well, I love this question because it's the first time I've ever been asked this question, and I think it's a great question because I think, you know, when I look at, 
you know, when I look at, especially this episode tomorrow night, the one that's going to air tomorrow night, is 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 it, it's not family per se that they, you know, they came to me. I don't know them. We were not friends before, but they had over the years gone to family on things that had gone sour that didn't work out. Yep. And, you know, one of the main deal points in this one and the condition if, for me to move forward was that they have to pay their parents back out of the profit of the monies that they owe them. And, you know, one of the things that I can tell you, and I learned just doing with my grandmother to help me on my first flip co-signing is that you have to, when you go to a family or a family friend, you need to make sure that you do it. You go overboard to make sure that there's safety measures there, that they get paid back, that, you know, that there's, that they have equity in the deal, that they have first position in the deal. Like, it's so important to go overboard to make them feel comfortable and to make sure that they that they're going to get paid back. I mean, every deal is risky, but what I'm saying is is that you need to make sure that you you try to take as much of the risk away when you go to a friend and a family member because you don't want to burn a friend or a family member because that's who is there for you at the tough times and that's who's going to be there for you all the time. So you want to make sure that you go to them in a, in a way that that you 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 give them enough equity, you give them enough safety that they have comfort there that they will get paid back. No, that's that's great advice, and and I and and really I think everyone listening that uh, th- that cannot be stressed more than anything because you don't want to hurt that relationship that has been for so many years. And I think a lot so of many people, years. And I think a lot of people, it's easy, right? It's easy to go to your parents or to go to an uncle, aunt, whoever it is, like, oh, hey, can you know, can I borrow fifty thousand dollars? Can I, but you know, or even a co-signature, or even, or even a co-signature. Even, yeah, even, yes. even if it's not cash, but your your grandmother yep. or your father, your mother, they've worked all these years all to those build years. Stella Credit, Stella Credit, just because they don't have the cash, but they've earned that credit report, yep. and so you have to respect that. Yes, you know, yeah, and, and you and have it's, to respect that, and, and it's a big deal. So, like you said, even going back to what your grandmother did and she said, come back to me in 90 days. And the fact that you still use that with your investors today, that's a great lesson that a lot of people should, should learn. And if someone is pushing you or if someone says, I don't know, you know, maybe they're probably testing you. They want to see how hungry are you. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's why I really, I really like that approach that that you take. It's really, really smart. And also, rejection is a, is a learning lesson. You know, I always say rejection is a learning lesson. Don't, you know, don't take it as, as you're being rejected. Take it as, Hey, I can learn something from this, this person saying no, or this person saying, Hey, come back to me. And, and I think if you, if you look at it from that angle, you know, you're going to be, you will be successful because you're not going to take everything so personal. I, I mean, I used to take, you know, especially when I was on the road with Lenny all the time and being around all these celebrities and all this other stuff, you start thinking you're better than you start thinking you, you know, you everything's owed to you or you, you know, you, you should have, and you should do, and people should want, and that's just not the world. That's not the way the world works. And you, you know, being humble, being willing to learn and listen, I, I think is the most important advice I can give to anybody trying to start out is just be humble, be willing to listen, be willing to ask questions. I, Ask as many questions as you won't want. Don't ever feel, you know, that people are going to think you're you're not smart. You know, I that's to me, I think is so important. 
so important. That's great. That's great, awesome. Man. Great advice. That, that's I love really it. awesome. Absolutely um, love it. And and as we as we wrap up here, uh, Sydney, just give us uh, and everybody listening uh, dates and air times for the deed. Uh, and we will also, guys, we will also be putting these in the show notes. So if you don't write it down when Sydney says it here, uh, just check out the show notes at the end of the episode, and you can you'll see it there. Yeah. So it's every Wednesday night. And uh, it comes on 10 o'clock p.m. New York time, and, and you can catch it there. And, and uh, you can go to CNBC.com, and they have all the, uh, the dates and times that they run the marathons. But it's every Wednesday night uh, the deed comes on at, at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Cool. So we'll have, awesome. the, uh, we'll have the show dates and times and the network. We'll also link to the show page. And as always, we will have all of Sydney's socials linked uh, in the show notes as well. So you can follow him up and keep up with the great advice and and all the great projects and work that he's got going on. Yeah, Sydney, that, I mean, really, you really gave some inspirational messages to a lot of people that I think are, are getting started in this business. And, you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough. And I'm glad that we got to talk, you know. I always, love the, the, I always love the raw conversations. No, it is. It's great, man. And, and you know, from the first time that, that we met. Uh, yeah, in the studio. in the studio. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad that we, we have this, this friendship and we can bounce ideas off of each other. Continue the success. I know the deed is doing great. I love seeing all your posts. I love seeing when it trends on Twitter and things like that. So, so when you're in New York, going. my man, hit us up. Yeah, we got to do dinner. I will. And we're and, well overdue. And, please. And and I and I definitely for sure will. And I got to tell you guys one last thing is when I walked in that studio that day, I was like really nervous for that show because it's a pretty. She, I think her show's pretty big. And that Taylor's, yeah. have, Taylor's awesome. Yeah, yeah she's she she's uh, she's got one hell of a following. She's built. Up. Yeah. And so I'm like, they built the show up and like walking in there. And when I walked in and, and you two guys were there, it made my day because it was like, you know, I just felt comfortable. You guys were cool to hang out with. But, and I really enjoyed it. And I love seeing you with your families on, on social media, too. That's awesome. That was Same. something new to me, too, Same, because bro. like, you know, you kids and family, you got that's the most important thing that brings me joy now where I didn't see that before. And I think that's one of the other last things I'd like to say is, is that like, you know, I think that's when you can put your phone down and spend your time with your family, your kids, that is going to bring you the most joy. That to me is, is, is so rewarding where I didn't see that, you know, years ago, I didn't care about it, you know, and now it's, it's a much different place. So I really like watching you guys post stuff. And I saw on your social media with your daughter this morning, it was just great things. And I thank love you, that. Man. Awesome, you. man. Re- well, really appreciate that. Well thank said. You. And yes, thank you for the kind words. That's awesome. Guys, this was another episode of Home with the Cousins. Thanks for hanging with us. Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts and share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.